0: Alright, welcome back any listeners today. We'll do episode three. I know I'm going to do a bit of a breakdown of where I'm at mentally with everything right now and we'll kind of get started. Um, it's been very hard for me to kind of stick to a schedule right now. I'm bouncing in between jobs. Nothing that any of the listeners really might care about. We're here for sports. I understand that. Just wanted to kind of let you know that this is still a part time thing and there's going to be times where it's going to be a little quiet. Um, I'm looking to try and make some unique, fun, interesting content, not just spam stuff. I've lost it with a lot of media nowadays where everything has to be in your face at all times. I hope every time you're clicking on this on this podcast, you're getting a cool, unique experience that you can't find anywhere else. Um, today, I'm going to be talking a bit about the NBA, mainly because that's what's big right now. Uh, NFL offseason, the draft already happened, you know. Main things I'm going to talk about today, I'm going to talk one, since I am from Michigan, local sports, we're going to be talking about the Pistons winning the lottery the other night. We're also going to be talking about the NBA playoffs. We got the conference finals from both sides. I'll kind of give you the things that I think are really interesting out of it. One of the things for me when it comes to the NBA, and I'm going to try and avoid this, but any listeners always feel free to call me out if I ever get too out of it. At the end of the day, I am not a GM, I am not a coach. I have never stepped on a basketball court when it comes to like the NBA. I'm never going to. I'm not a professional basketball player. I am merely a fan who has a lot of info and knows very well what I'm talking about at times. That does not mean that makes me a, you know, an NFL level coach or an NBA level coach. But I see on social media so many times Terrible, nothing arguments that go absolutely nowhere. And I think that's what's really driving sports media right now is quick, zippy, shock, shocking media to get your attention. But it's really, it has no substance to it. So when I talk, I truly want to break down things that I think are legit to happen An example is, I will not say the name of them for respect, but there is a local Detroit radio show that I have watched over the last couple of years. And I see a clip from their uh, radio show the other day. And I see they're talking about if the Detroit Pistons, who have just won the NBA lottery, first overall pick for the first time in over 50 years. And they're talking about do we trade back? How do you move on from the, you know, is Cade Cunningham the guy? For people that do not know who Cade Cunningham is, he is going to be the number one overall pick in the draft no matter what. He is a six foot eight scoring playmaker. He is pretty much a power forward with a point guard for a brain. He is very skilled. Yes, there are things like all other players need to work on. His ball handling has shown to be a little slow at times, or sometimes he can get picked from easily when it comes to dribbling. He also needs a little bit of help when it comes to shooting. There's sometimes where he's a little slow, his athleticism isn't the best in the world. But at the end of the day, hands down, there's no other prospect that should be picked over this kid. A six foot eight scoring playmaker you can't find that you can't just sign that talent especially if you're a small market like detroit back to my main point though this show is talking about how is Cade the guy i don't know if this is a slam dunk move i don't know and it really shows the stale narrative of old media radio tv it's old Nothing can make them happy. I watch them every single day, and I honestly truly believe that they would be happier having a terrible team that they could never cheer for because they have something to complain about than actually having a championship team with real star players built the right way. And when I hear that stuff from them, it makes me almost not want to ever listen to anything that they have. It makes their opinion lose credibility. There are proven ways how to win in the NBA, and it's more difficult than people want to give it. People want to say you have the number one overall pick. You better win a championship next year. How on earth does that make sense? Break down the Detroit Pistons for me. You have a ton of young players. Honestly, when it comes to actual skill, their starting lineup might be all under 25 players. When it comes to Jeremy Grant, Sadiq Bey, you got Sekou Domboya, Killian Hayes. These are all young players. Even Jeremy Grant, who is an experienced vet, is still in his 20s. It's very interesting for me to, for people to believe that you draft Cade Cunningham, you are a championship team. I don't know what these people are thinking. The second thing I want to get to, I don't like the feeling of having to tear down people to raise myself or elevate myself. That's something I don't like doing, and I see it a lot in the media nowadays. I see it a lot on social media nowadays. The only way if you go up is if someone else goes down. When it comes to the quality of these shows, these posts, these people I'm seeing... It's, it's not acceptable, though. They are killing themselves with their own content they are providing. You truly believe not taking the best available player in a draft that you have not... like. There's no other... It is the pick. And yet people are saying, is it good enough? Look at what you have been dealing with as a Detroit sports fan over the last four years. And if it's not good enough then what is to you? Your Detroit sports team has made bonehead move over bonehead move for the last four years and finally they start doing things right and now it's not good enough? Can you not determine the difference between what they were doing three years ago to now? I'll give you a little breakdown. The things that you cannot do, especially as a small market team like Detroit, let's be honest, you're not signing LeBron, you're not signing KD you need to be able to bring in the massive stars. And how do you do that? You have a good young team that you can win with for years. And what do you know? The Pistons did the exact opposite. They had an eh team that was in the middle of the pack every year, usually in the draft, in the draft lottery. And their idea was to trade for Blake Griffin. Now, in theory, you'd think bringing the star there, that's a good idea. The problem with it is you signed, or you traded your entire future, which involved picks and players, for a guy that helped your team in literally zero ways. He made one all-star appearance, but other than that, all he did was get injured, complain, and not want to be there. Think of how eager he was to get out of there compared to how excited he was to be there. I personally do not believe he wanted to be there for a single second since the second he got traded. And you jeopardized your future for three years for a guy that didn't even want to play for you. He was old. And he was one of the top 10 highest paid players in the NBA. And he played less games than almost any other star on that list of top 10. So what was the genius idea behind that? The scary thing though is there's people that still want to live with that mentality of you need to always try to win. It's not going to happen as a Pistons fan though. Nobody will ever go to your team... Unless if they are one, overpaid, or two, you are a championship contender. Because at the end of the day, players, especially nowadays, care more about their market than they care about who they're playing with. I know so many stars that would rather play for the New York Knicks or the Miami Heat or the Celtics or the Lakers or the Warriors compared to playing for a small market team look at other teams out there that do the same thing look at up and coming just in the east here your indiana pacers right by detroit piston fans the indiana pacers are are literally the what you guys were a couple years ago a little bit of talent not winning they go to the playoffs every single year just to lose in the first round And they've had star talent, but it hasn't been there in years. What makes someone say, I'm going to go play for Indiana? They can't do it. They don't have the salary cap to sign people, and they don't have the talent to bring anyone in. They are stuck as the, eh, okay, mid-level guy that will always lose in the first round. It's guaranteed to happen. Anyone that brings up an argument saying, well, Paul George was there, he was home drafted talent. He was the star, the young, cheap star. And then they built around him. They drafted other players. They signed other guys. And then they almost beat LeBron's Heat teams in those early 2010s. What have they done since? Nothing. I can't remember the last playoff series they won since Paul George left, if they even have. Back to the Pistons, though. They are very similar. They had slightly decent homegrown talent, but they they reached. They thought they were more than they were, and they weren't. And now they have the chance to bring young players in, and they have the chance to draft whoever they want at one. I think Cade Cunningham is the easy number one. I know some people are saying, Trade back, trade out. What are you guys thinking? Look at the track record of this program. They have made mistake after mistake after mistake for years, and they have a first-year GM who seems to be on the right track. Why would you want that messed up now? This Detroit sports talk show that I'm talking about, they they truly believe out there that there's a way they could trade back to three or four and get like – a hall of picks, and maybe a young player to develop. You don't need the young role players. Last year, you literally got three first-round picks in dumping dead money and got three young guys. Why do you need to trade back more? Do you just want to rebuild forever? You have the opportunity to take the player of the draft, the bona fide all-star, the all-NBA caliber talent, and i understand and it's always the thing that is so confusing to me people always look at what's happening now and never the future because he is such a talented player he is not there yet he's younger than me i'm 20 years old and i don't know what i want to do yet how do you know that this kid has everything already set out give them a chance just draft him i don't know what pistons fans think you know what pistons fans or what talk shows this stale old narrative of good isn't good enough needs to die out. These shows that just spread, oh, what should they do? I think from the moment they won the lottery, they knew what they are doing. Yes, they might, you know, talk about other players or see if, you know, anyone might bite, but what on earth are you thinking? I truly don't understand what these people are thinking when they talk about it. I I truly believe that they are trying to grasp on the remaining fans they have in their podcast or on their shows or YouTube, whatever the case might be. And I feel like they're trying to grasp onto something that is slowly fading away. And so they go with outrageous, bogus claim over outrageous, bogus claim just to try and keep that narrative, you know, try and keep what's left of their fan base some old fart on the radio that doesn't know what a smartphone is. Try, you know, go ahead, listen to them. Oh, young player. He doesn't know what he's doing. Sounds right to me. I don't like it because that's a terrible narrative to have. If you don't think Cade Cunningham is the best available prospect, then you don't know what you're talking about. Now, whether it's injuries Or whatever the case is, if it derails his career, don't blame him. Or don't blame someone on the radio saying he's the GOAT or the next LeBron like you hear every year. That's not the media's fault for why he was a bust. Things can happen. Players get hurt. It happens. Some players don't hit the NBA and and just keep going. Sometimes guys fizzle out but I don't want to hear people already calling him a bust or a failure or he's not good enough. How is he not good enough when you haven't done anything in years? He's the best opportunity you have to bring a generational star to Detroit, and I can't name a single player on any of their sports teams that I would call generational. All right. After talking about that for a bit, I'd like to shift over to the NBA playoffs now. I want to talk about one thing that has absolutely blown me away over the last couple of weeks. It is Trey Young. I'll be honest with you; I did not see this kid coming out of you know nowhere. I knew he was talented, and I thought at the beginning of the season, while they were injury plagued, you know there was a lot of hype behind them. And I can remember what I said because I have a friend of mine that who's a very big Hawks fan, and in You know, I said, oh, all this hype for the Hawks just to get a seven seed. Well, they did better than that. And once they got healthy, they looked damn good. Their defense has gotten much better than what I think uh, a lot of people have thought. I did not think they were a great defensive team. And in the first round of the playoffs, they played like one of the best defensive teams in the entire league. Trey Young is looking like what Steph Curry was doing in his prime just a few years ago. It is absurd to see the numbers that he is putting up on a nightly basis. I'm not calling Trey Young Steph Curry. I think Trey Young is a very, very talented player who will stick for years in the league. And I think I'm so excited to hear the debates over the years of Trey Young versus Luca. Who do you want? Who do you want? Because I think both are are just fireworks being shot in the air. Whose stardom is going to explode at any time? And I think it's Trey Young right now that's doing it. If the Hawks can get through the box and find a way to the NBA finals, look at Trae Young's stock go through the roof. Because I don't think anyone was seeing this coming. And I'm very excited to see what can go on with Trae Young. At the beginning of the year, I didn't really think of him as a top-tier point guard. And I believe, if I'm right, I don't think he even made the All-Star game, which I thought was a snub, to be honest. It'll be very, very interesting to see what happens with Trey Young, though, and I'm very interested to, to hear more about it. When it comes to the Bucs also in the East, one of my favorite players in the league is Giannis. I think just he's a freak of nature. I, I, I do like this Bucks team, and I do believe where I'm at right now, I still believe that the Bucks will win this series. There's been times in these playoffs where they've looked abysmal, but there are also times where Giannis shows why he is one of the top players in the league. And they have shooting and great defense from Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. And they know how to win no matter what, even if it's ugly. As of right now, I mean, I'm not a sports better guy, so I wouldn't you know, bet the house on it. But I truly believe where I'm at right now, despite being down in the series, I will take the bucks to win. That series, it might go seven games, it might go six games. I don't think that they're just going to turn everything around, but I would like to take the Milwaukee Bucks in the series where I'm at right now. Other side of it, Clippers and Suns. Kawhi Leonard is still out, and I'll be honest with you, I am impressed with how this Clipper team is playing, despite not having Kawhi Leonard, who's their best player. They stole a game last night from the Suns, that truly, I I feel like if the Suns won that game, the series would have pretty much been over. And they ended up winning a game that I didn't think that they really had a chance in. So I'm really impressed with, you know, with with the the Clippers, especially Paul George. I know he's had some rough shooting games. He can have a rough shooting night, and they still find a way to win. Reggie Jackson has blown up back into the. The player I think that Pistons fans thought he was going to be. His sharp, you know, he's not a sharp shooter, but his three point shooting has gone up. He's a very respectable shooter now on the wing. I also like what Zubach had the other night with, I believe it was 10 free throws. You know, he's a good interior guy that you can put on DeAndre Ayton, and he's going to get pushed around a bit, and Ayton might be forced to make some mistakes. I really like what DeAndre Ayton did, especially in that game two where he slammed down the dunk for the win. I My only worry with him is, again, there are times where he lacks physicality, and that's not necessary, but I do think a lot of his buckets are easily given to him by his playmakers in Devin Booker and Chris Paul, like his game-winning dunk. I still think he has a lot of potential, though, and I think he is a very, very good fit on the Suns. And when he's playing his best, he looks like a top 3-5 to center in the league. Back with the Clippers, though. No Kawhi Leonard, and they steal a game. I truly believed that as long as the Suns stayed healthy, especially with Chris Paul coming back in Game 3, I I kind of thought that the Suns were gonna win this one and kind of take control of the series. But now at two and one, you know, the Suns, yes, they still have the lead, but it they could still lose it. You know, it's not over. And Kawhi's still out, you know, he's very he's a very quiet guy. You don't know where he's going, what's he doing, when he's returning. I would like to. I I would like to think if Kawhi returns at all in this series, if he can even be eighty percent of what he is, I think that the Clippers win this series. If he doesn't return, I truly would like the Suns maybe in six. I'll, I'll say Suns in six. You know, and you can hold me to these predictions because. I don't think that predictions being right or wrong necessarily determine if you're reliable or if you're a good content creator, but I like to try and give you guys mentally where I'm at and what I'm seeing, and I'm seeing a healthier Suns team that is one more and one more convincingly compared to a Clippers team that has struggled, but, you know, find ways to win series, even when injured. It's very hard to keep doing that though, and you don't see a lot of instances with it. I've I've seen very few teams lose a a real star on their team and still go far, especially as far as the NBA Finals. The last one I can think of is LeBron's Cavs when Kevin Love and Kyrie both get injured in 2015. But LeBron is just a different breed, especially around that time, you know. So I don't, where I'm at right now, I don't see Paul George alone taking the Clippers to the Finals. I think I'd take the Suns, but again, the Suns have been banged up as well. A good argument to use sometimes is one team isn't as good as the other because of the schedule that they've played to get to the finals. And you could arguably say that the Clippers have had a more difficult path. I, you could, You could maybe say that. I think the Nuggets might have been the better competition than the Jazz. My goodness, I got myself confused. I flipped them around. The Suns played the Nuggets and the Clippers played the Jazz. My apologies there. But I think that I think the Nuggets were a better team than the Jazz. Despite the regular season record, I think that it's uh, one of the hardest players to to get ready for is Jokic. He's and and the Suns had to get through him, but other than that, they were battered up. The Lakers were battered up. And then when you get to the, you know, the Clippers, they got to play the Grizzlies in the first round, who are very young and raw still. And then they get the Jazz in the second round. I, my final thoughts on it, I think that the Clippers had a, a tougher way to get to the Eastern or the Western Conference Finals than the Suns, and I do believe that. Despite that, and despite the injuries, you know, people might say that the Suns aren't as good as they really are because the Lakers weren't the team that we were all expecting this time of year. And the Nuggets were missing a player, you know, Jamal Murray's almost an all-star level guard. I still think that the Suns are going to win the West. Um, I think I, I would like to see a Bucks Suns finals. I think that would be a very fun series to watch Two really new teams um, and I'm excited to see where it goes from there. Uh, final thoughts for the, for this episode. I'm, I'm excited for the NBA. Uh, my final thought is watching this, this, you know, not, not last night's game, but the, the previous one, Suns and Clippers, the reffing is atrocious. If there's one thing that needs to be talked about in sports, it's how long games go. I can't remember the exact time, but I swear the the last game or the last minute of that game probably went 30 minutes total. The last minute of the game, ball goes out of bounds. Commercial break. Guy hits a bucket with 10 seconds to go. Commercial break. Another bucket with 8 seconds to go. Commercial break. My goodness, I'm watching the game in my chair, and it's to the point where I'm like, just don't go to overtime. I don't want to watch this anymore. And that's a problem. And that's one problem that I've always had with basketball in recent years is the fact that the game goes on forever. You have this beautiful flowing game back and forth for almost 59 minutes, and then the last, last little bit of it is run down the court, timeout. Take a shot, they hit it, commercial break. Run down the court, timeout, commercial break. Oh, he missed a bucket, game over. There you go. But it goes on and it completely ends the flow of it. It looks great. Again, it looks great for a Twitter clip. Just see a three-second clip of a guy coming around the screen and chucking up a three and hitting it. But when you're actually watching the game, it is abysmal to watch especially with the refing, where they have to stop it every 10 seconds. And then I have to, you know, go see a commercial break. I'm, I'm not there to see flow from progressive. I'm there to see a basketball game. And it took way too long just for a couple seconds the other day. The refing needs to be checked. The speed of the game needs to hurry up. I understand it's a magical moment when, when a guy hits a buzzer beater, but I'm almost against it when it goes to overtime because I don't need to see that again other than that i think that's where i'm gonna leave off this episode today thank you again for watching as of right now i'm gonna try and stay active it's not the easiest thing to do uh, but it's something i truly care about and i'd love to see where it can go so uh thank you for all who are listening out there and uh you have a great rest of your day